In a world full of anger, strife, and plagues, a constant struggle is battled out between good and evil, right and wrong. And for over seven years, the IndieCast is here to try to make you forget all of that. With interviews, pop culture talk, and the best in sexual innuendo. So sit back and relax as Chad, Zach, and Luna welcome you to the IndieCast. Exclusively on the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the IndieCast. I am Zach Romero. Joining me here for tonight's After Dark episode is my lovely partner, Luna Lynn. And so instead of having a guest this week, we're going to be just deep diving, going into far too much detail about uh, an old film that no one really cares about. Um, but before we get to that, I just wanted to make a couple announcements. Number one... If you haven't already, please take a moment, go listen to last week's unbelievable 300th episode interview with the legend Lefisto. Chad and I tried our best not to embarrass the show, and I think we did okay, so definitely go listen to that episode. Also, if you haven't already, make sure you're following us on social media, and that you're subscribed to the SoundCloud, and feel free to check FullyGimmick.com. We've got all kinds of new merch dropping, uh, basically weekly, if not uh, more than that. And uh, you should be putting some of that on your persons. Uh, so, uh, without further ado, let's get into this episode of After Dark. Discussing, defending, shitting on uh, another movie from the past. Just watched The Mummy Returns from okay. 2001. So it's two years after the original. Mm-hmm. It's an, an estimated extra $18 million in the budget. And for that extra $18 million, it only made $30 million more worldwide. So, original Mummy made $415 million worldwide. Uh-huh. Mummy Returns made $443 million yeah. worldwide. So, extra 18 mil estimated, probably more, mm-hmm. for the budget, only equated to an extra 30 mil in the box office. Um, it is the Rock's first movie role. I can see that. Um, which is why he's like a supporting actor and not like, like Walking Tall is his first like main role. Right. This no, in this him. like it's 90% fight scenes. Right. Um, like I, I read so something that like his yeah. only lines are like in Egyptian. Egyptian so yeah, he yeah. doesn't even like talk, talk. Um, the, this sequel was greenlit the morning the original movie released. Like they didn't even have yeah. the numbers yet for the first one and Universal matter, was like, yeah. make us a fucking another. Um, same director as the first one. Okay. But one thing I found interesting is when it was all said and done, there's six people who are credited and uncredited for writing the first movie. Okay. In the sequel, it's only Summers, the director. That's unfortunate. So he was part of the six. He was part of the original six, but he's the only credited writer in the sequel. Yeah. So he wrote and directed the sequel he technically helped write and directed the original. Mm-hmm. And that's all my little fun facts that I have for now. Okay. So, let's talk about this this uh, this sequel. Okay. To well, a movie I... that you love. This is along the same lines as when we talked about uh, Adam's Family Values. Absolutely. I was going to say, this is another in that series of like blockbuster sequels that just fucking jumped the shark super hard. Um, okay. So, initially, like, it, it, within your first opening, like, dialogue because the magi is telling you like oh here's another part of the story essentially this uh what picks up 10 years after the first i think 
I think so, because the kid says he's eight, so if you give or take, they were together two years before they right. had the kid, and now he's eight. Which apparently so the like, director said the reason why he said it ten years is because he didn't want to make a movie with a fucking baby in it. So they literally jumped to ten years of like, oh, we, we have a child actor yeah. at that point. So that's well, the only reason. Because you couldn't do what they're doing with a baby. Like, oh, and I have to hold the baby while I kick the mummy's ass. True, like, but that's not a thing. there has been a post going around that if you if you can make peace with it inside, that if you were in a situation where you had a cursed object, you could just hand it to any baby and they'll hold it. Well, yeah, but you could also do that with a chameleon or like well, a gecko because they'll take any. They have little grabby. But they have tiny hands. A baby hands. could hold something, you know, uh, the the okay, spear well, of Osiris like a or whatever. Dollhouse item. Then yes. You can hand it okay. To okay. Her Very now. specific. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, initial thoughts. Just initial. Uh, I guess what slaps you in the face is that we spent that other eighteen million in the budget on a hundred and ten percent more CGI. And it wasn't a good call. Yeah. Like, it doesn't look great. We're talking, like, PS1-level graphics. Yeah. Like, throughout the whole thing. Um, so, as far as the story uh, goes... There was something about... Mm-hmm. I, I read that they used it a lot to expand what they had. Like, they had an army of a thousand guys yeah. on and set. They like and they blew it up yeah. to 10,000. Is, is there a lot of that kind um, of CGI? the end because it gets a little Battle of Helm's Deep for like my Lord of the Rings nerds um, okay. because you've got the army of Anubis versus the Magi. So and they have to be bajillions of, of them. Right. Okay. There's a ton of Magi that came out of fucking nowhere this time. So like you've got all of those dudes who are actual human dudes and a lot of like CGI Anubis dog dudes. Well, which why the fuck? There's a when the pit of souls opens up or whatever. Yeah. It's literally like five creatures that they've animated and just copy pasted Oh, a thousand times yeah. over. Um, so, okay. So anyway, continue. Yeah. So storyline. Very good. Um, so here's the thing. We get zero explanation as to, like, how we get where we're starting. Mm-hmm. So, like, Rick and Evie and the kid are still exploring Egypt. So you kind of gather through their expositional dialogue that Evie had a dream about this place that they're at. And so, like, she kind of knows where she's going. Like, it's a weird deja vu thing. Okay. And so he's like, hey, you're kind of crazy, but whatever. I'm, I'm along for the ride. I feel like that's already a pretty big departure from Evie oh, in the first we movie. we are a super big departure. Because in the first movie, we don't get the reveal that Evie's hot until after they lose all their shit right. from the boat or whatever. And then it's like, oh, no, she had to get dressed in, like, traditional garb, and now she's hot. Because right. they figured out what eyeliner was. We're already, like, a hun- full speed ahead on... Evie's been fucking Rick O'Connell for ten years, so now by through osmosis, yeah, yeah, by osmosis, she's fucking cool. Okay. So some of it, because especially later on, there's fighting scenes, and the kid's like, "Wow, mom, how'd you learn how to do that?" And she's like, "I don't know." And you're like, "Okay." So like that kind of comes along later with how we get to the weird ass story that doesn't make any goddamn sense. But it still doesn't make any goddamn sense. So, like, we're just going under the impression that she's not clumsy anymore, except for, like, one moment where he catches her, orky-dorky, and, like, she's not the dork-ass librarian she once was. Now she's fucking cool. So it's not so much, like, a character evolution, it's just we ran out of ideas for the old character. Yes. So we've just written her as somebody new. Yeah, instead of her, like, drunkenly slurring that, like, she's proud that she's a librarian, now it's like... Oh, well, the, they, which, okay, so. Oh, boy. I have points written down, yes. which we're totally going to get to. But, um, and one of them is that there are some really cute callbacks to the first one. Okay. But some of them are cringy. Like, yes. the, oh, no, not this again. Like, I, blah, that blah. is, a, I've said that before. That is a big yeah. ouchie for me. I do not which, like movies that do the big callback. He only physically says it once, 
But there's a lot of those kind of moments of like, oh, great. We found synonyms for not this again. But one of the things is in the first movie, she's trying to get the Bainbridge scholars to like accept her application because then she can be like a legitimate Egypty person or whatever. And they keep denying her because she's a dork and she doesn't have like real archaeology experience. She's only ever worked in museums. So now she makes some sort of reference about, like, well, they have been begging me to come and run the museum. And it's like, okay, that's cute. Do we... She has too much experience. Do we acknowledge... So, if I... Now, you just watched this movie. Yes. I haven't seen this movie in probably ten years. Right. So I'm literally coming they, they're They live in, like, a mansion, right? Because they got away with the gold in gold the first Gold in the first movie. one. Yeah. Okay. Which, th- we still make the joke that Jonathan gambles all of his share away. Well, I was going to say, that a, a, note, a note that I did read was that the director wanted the this ten-year time jump to be like, oh, Rick and Evie have each grown as people, but Jonathan has learned nothing. Like, he's exactly the same. Very true. Jonathan is even worse than the first one. Okay. Because the man directly dies because Jonathan's an idiot. Like, nice. when the weird pygmies are coming, which there's weird fucking pygmies. We'll get there. Yeah. So, and he's like, oh, well, th- these are sacred stones. They won't come past it. And one of the other guys is like, oh, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, totally. The pygmy, like, comes fucking Tarzan swinging in, stabs the other guy in the chest, and he's like, oh, sorry, I must have been wrong, and, like, runs away. <laughs> like, Jonathan, you Oops. just caused a man's death. Oopsie. The fuck? Um, like, he's, although, because the kid is, like, too cool for an eight-year-old kid, there's a lot of, like, hey, the only hysterics here are gonna come from me, goddammit, being Jonathan. So, right. like, he's allowed to freak out, but, like, the kid's gotta be cool. And there's a lot of All that, right. of, like, the eight-year-old child is a better adult than Jonathan I guess is. my question is... How are we living in a Ghostbusters 2 world where Evie can't get, like, honorary cool archaeologist status mm-hmm. with what they found from the first well, no, movie? no, that's what I'm saying, because she mentions that they're begging her to join them now, whereas before oh, okay, they had denied okay, okay. her, like, ten times Okay, I thought, okay. I but, thought they were still denying her, mm-hmm. even though it's like, so we're acknowledging, like, mummy money is a thing, but, like the knowledge or the yeah. science like they should have won like 10 nobel peace prizes right. by this point well it's like now she's obsessed with what she's trying to find because of her weird dream and rick's like hey can we just like ah uh, stay home and she's like no i gotta go do this mission quest and he's like okay so like they switch they've grown quote unquote in the sense that like now evie's a fucking nut job adventurer and rick's like can we just i don't know, fucking just chill like he's the like cool sensible one which okay is very weird um so, okay. So, storyline-wise... Your visible frustration is filling me with joy right now. Because <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to explain this without convoluting it more than the movie already did. So, there's these dudes, like, okay, so they go to the archaeology thing. She magically knows where this is. They find the bracelet of Anubis, which is the big scorpion thing. They kind of explain the backstory that the Scorpion King was this really great warrior. Okay. And he was going to die, so he made this deal with Anubis that he would give him his soul in exchange if Anubis would help him live and conquer his enemies. Cool. He does. And then Anubis is like, you're going to be my bitch now. So then, like, Anubis made him, like, his servant, essentially. Got in the it. afterlife. Whatever. That seems very kind of, like, could be a right. legend Totally fine. So, uh, does it feel like The Rock is tacked on? I didn't read anything about that. I don't know if... This script was written with, like, and Scorpion King's there, too. Or if it was like, hey, The Rock wants to be in this, and they were like, uh, Scorpion King. The Rock is the bookends of the movie. He's in the very beginning, because the Medjai's narrating the story of what happens with the Scorpion King, so you see him being a boss-ass warrior. Although there is a very, um, 
like, for the ladies moment. He's fighting some dude, and the guy, like, slashes through his, like, chest plate armor. So he, like, just ripped the whole thing off, and then he's just rippling rock abs, which is even still smaller than he is I was going to say, which is hilarious, because he's, like, rippling out of control yeah. in this movie, and he's so tiny compared to what he looks like now. Right, and he's still a baby by comparison. Yeah. Um, but you get, like, that part of it, and then it's like, okay, now we just slam cut to the rest of the story, and then you don't see him again until the very end when, like, hmm. whatever, he gets resurrected. So, so like, it makes sense that they needed some, like, big badass warrior, because the whole idea... Right, no, 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 as a character, yeah. I think they did a decent job of, like, here's how you fit a wrestler in, but I just don't know if it was, like, that was their plan from the beginning, right. and then they were like, oh, The Rock's perfect, or if it was literally, like, hey, well, we ran into The Rock like... at Planet Hollywood, and he says he'll be in this movie, figure something out. Well, it, it only seems shoehorned, because now knowing that only this one fucking guy wrote it, it's like, we've got 15 roads that are all leading us to the same place for no reason. Like, okay. So, okay, weird legend of the Scorpion King. Right. Of course, only once every 5,000 years something uh, of happens of that he can come back. I don't fucking know. So, like, existential timing of, okay, it's about time that the Scorpion King could come back and try to take over the world with Anubis's army, but there's no reason why. Like, if there's he's no, been, like, catalyst for it? Well, if he's been Anubis's servant, then, like, why the fuck? I don't know. There's a lot going on. So, like, they try to half-ass explain that. And then... So the chick from the first one, Anuk Sinamun, is mm-hmm. back, mm-hmm. but she's like a normal bitch, and she's on this expedition team with this guy who's the curator of the museum. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So yeah, uh, so as our, an actual person, our catalyst she's not, from the first movie, uh-huh. like the whole reason why Emotep was coming come back, back, yeah, she's already here. Is just reincarnated? Yes, that's their explanation, is that she's the reincarnated version of Anuk Sunamun, and so when she encounters Emotep later, he's like, oh, in body, yes, but soon I'll get your soul from the underworld, and then we can be together. So... But, how does she... Okay, so this brings up a whole other subplot of the story. There's a lot of reincarnation involved. So you've got Anuk Sunamun, who's just a person now. The guy who's the curator of the museum was the pharaoh, who she was fucking... Because she was his mistress in the first right, one, yeah, and then she was having yeah. Emotep on the side. Right. But he's cool with that. I don't know if he knows that he's reincarnated, or if it's just like, oh, wink, it's the same he, guy. He's just like, hey, I'm getting cucked either way, I don't really care. Right. So then, obviously, Emotep is still Emotep, because it was like, oh, she knew exactly where to find his buddy, and I'm like, he didn't have a body, he was butt-fucked into the underworld, but whatever. Yeah. We find a weird husk shell that, like, we pretend is okay. Emotep's corpse from the end of the first one you've got evie who's got these weird flashback memories right and then rick has a tattoo out of nowhere that the magi tells him is a symbol of the magi and that he was a magi in a previous life and rick's like you're a bullshitter so everybody's reincarnated um everybody didn't wasn't there am i crazy or was there not a plot point in the first one that the reason why emotep didn't kill Rachel Weiss was because she was the reincarnation of giant plot hole number one. Uh, I absolutely wrote that down because if Evie, so the story is okay that there is a pharaoh guy, right? He's banging Anuxanum, right? Anuxanum is banging Emotep on the side, right? And then because he touches her, right? Her body paint and the pharaoh knows, and that's why he gets Emotep killed. Film that scene. Oh, but now Evie's there as the pharaoh's daughter, Nefertiti. So there's this weird hot fight scene between the two of them, 
Which, like, she was just a side bitch. Why the fuck would he train her to fight? Wait, wait, so, wait, wait. In, like, the flashback, there's yes. a badass fight? There's a badass half-naked fight scene. That's the most him. 2000s thing I could ever think of. Evie and Nefertiti. We're having an exposition flashback. Not exciting yeah. enough. We need a hand-to-hand combat fight. But Anouk Sinamon is, like, super kick-ass. Okay. So, like, oh, but, okay, so this goes back to my previous point of, like, how Evie knows how to fight because of her weird flashbacks of apparently they were just boss-ass warrior bitches. Which isn't a thing. Not commonly really discussed in Egyptian culture. And then the pharaoh's like, oh, who better to guard this weird scorpion king bracelet than my daughter? And who better to guard my life than my future wife, this bitch? Why would his bodyguard be his wife? This makes no sense. Not in any culture. She was a fucking side piece. This isn't... There's so much wrong with this. So Evie's watching this weird flashback and this is all everything that happens. So then we re-jump cut to the scene... Of her and Emotep, and he touches the body paint, and then the pharaoh comes in, and oh my god. But Evie's across the hall watching it happen, and then she's like, oh, Magi, my father needs you. And so then all the Magi run in, and that's when they kill Emotep, and fucking what's her bitch, and whatever. And then we proceed from there. But plot point numero fucking uno, our big shining hole in this, is that if Emotep knew that Evie was Nefertiti, he would not have called her by Anouk Sinamon's name, name, he would have recognized that she was Nefertiti. Nefertiti. Not, oh, I'm going to use this bitch to bring my wife back. Right. She's... No! No! None of this makes sense. Like, yeah. these pieces don't line the fuck up. And why is Evie and Nefertiti... Unless they missed... And... Um, did they miss a word in the original one? Mm. Where instead of just calling her Anouk Sinamon, he said, you were bunkmates. With an oxen. That, yeah, that's the literal translation got lost in the subtitles, right. and it was like roommate of an oxen moon, and then they were like, yeah. oh, "Of course, oh, uh, uh, yes." Um, but yeah, that was just glaringly horrific. How very like, odd. This does not match that in the slightest, and why the fuck would they have done that? Also interesting that uh, I feel like this is the most homage to the classic Universal monster movies that have that's ever been, and no one talks about. What do you mean? Because it doesn't make sense. When you watch oh, the original Bride of Frankenstein, they tell you what happened, what happened in the first yeah. when it didn't happen that and way. Like, That's not and what it's we like, did wait here. a minute, wait a minute. But they were like, you didn't watch the first one in however many years. Just trust us. Same kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you haven't. Two years ago. You haven't. It's been two years. You don't own it on VHS. Shut up. This yeah. is how it is. So there's zero explanation because, okay, so if Anouk Cinnamon was reincarnated, she's about Evie's age now. So that means she would have Oh my god, she would have been around time. during when shit was going down. Yeah, so like, she would have known the whole time? But then how come she, her, only her and Evie are the ones having these weird flashbacks to their previous lives or whatever? Because like I said, when Emotep sees her and he's like, oh, well you're only reincarnated in body, but I'm gonna give right. your soul. But then how does she still have all the same memories? If it's only her body, Yeah, why would she give a she shit? Know? It should have been like... He tracks her down, right? And kind she's of like, thing. "What the fuck is this about?" And it's like, "No, no, no! You have this greater yeah, but purpose." But like, they're actively making out before he officially gets her soul back. So it's like, how? Then what difference does the soul make if she's the same person already? Yeah, like, and already kind of suggested to be evil, right? Yeah, totally okay, evil, yeah. absolutely evil. Like yeah. the fuck, Weird. that makes no goddamn sense. All right, zero explanation to it. Of as far as like the reincarnation thing, <laughs> it's like that's yeah, just, it, we got the same actress. Yeah, it's like, shut up. You know what reincarnation means? Get out of here! Like yeah. that's it. No, I didn't even think about that. The the weird. What that means, like in the first movie when shit's going down, yeah. and then like. She's just living in Cairo, question mark? It's just like, yeah. whatever. Sure. Like, she's just getting, like, a scone somewhere, like, nah, okay. And then, like, again, going back to the whole reincarnation thing, it 
It says that Evie had a dream recently about this, which is what sparked their whole initial expedition. Okay. But it's been ten years since the first one, so I don't right. know, maybe being in the City of the Dead wouldn't have, like, Oh, you think that might have, like, jogged, jogged the memory a little bit? Right. Like, oh, I've had this recurring dream for the past, since we've been there, or, like, oh, this has haunted me since then. Like, no, just, oh, I had a dream last week, and it's been up my ass, so yeah, I figured out I gotta bug up my bum, I really wanna figure this out. But if Anuk Moon knew the whole time then how come Evie's dream only happened, like, five minutes ago? Like, yeah. there's no telling us to, like, how you got Unless, back. unless, in the movie... Because it never happens with Rick. I was like, oh, that's true, too, yeah. He's never like, oh, totally. He just sees the same symbol as his tattoo. He put he on a temporary like, tattoo oh, and was like, hey, wait a minute. I was right, but that's it. Like, um, there's no, oh, I was totally a fucking dude. Like... Maybe when... Because remember, in the first one, they put the soul in the mummified body... And she screams, and then, like, she kind of attacks them for a minute. And then she gets butt-fucked, and then we kill Emotep again. What? In the first one. Yeah. He brings the soul back, because yeah. it's, like, mummified lady. Yeah. And she's, like, screaming or whatever. And then, um, Jonathan gets the Book of the Dead. Yeah. And commands the high guard of the pharaoh, and then yeah. they kill mummified and knocks on the moon yeah, again. And then and Emotep's like, back. no, goddammit! Yeah. Maybe when she died again with the soul, maybe that woke up all this shit and reincarnated a Nox and a Moon. Maybe. But for another But even then, yeah. how would he not know that? How wouldn't he be like, by the way, there's a plan B, two towns over, there's right. a chick who's totally her, but I'm just going to say that just in case. Yeah, or like if she was, well, she wouldn't remember like, oh, they tried to bring me back and it didn't work. Like, how would you? There was no ginkgo back then. They I had bad memories. I can understand. Okay, anyway, so there's a golden yeah. bracelet thing. It's a scorpion, and it yeah. has to do with the scorpion king. And so, I don't know, somehow they go on this weird where in the world is Carmen San Diego quest because the kid puts the bracelet on and then they take the kid. Now Evie and Rick have got to try to follow the kid and find them and stop the scorpion king from coming back. Because the old idea, which again doesn't make sense either, or like another reason why we had to justify bringing Emotep back was they were like, oh, well, Emotep's the only one strong enough to fight the scorpion king. And if he wins, then he inherits Anubis's army? Which doesn't fucking make sense, because why wouldn't Anubis just take it back? It's his goddamn army. It doesn't get, like, passed down to the next in line. Like, I guess there's no take back I guess. Yeah, I was like, why the fuck wouldn't Anubis just be like, nah, bitch, this mine. Like, yeah. It makes no sense. Also, I feel like we've jumped to Freddy versus Jason very quickly in this film series. Absolutely. To go from, like, hey, remember the villain in the first one? Yeah, because, like, we didn't even do that in Godzilla movies. We had, like, five Godzilla is just right. an asshole fighting another monster before we got to, like... Oh my god, here's a bigger asshole yeah. monster. The only thing we could do is call Godzilla. Like, So there's another thing that doesn't make sense. Okay. I, there's a lot of things that don't make sense. But um, another plot, uh, not necessarily plot point, but just another point Element. of interest. Yeah, yeah. Is that there's 110% more fucking. Because at every available opportunity, Evie and Rick are all over each other. And it's kind of a gag joke because then Jonathan and the kid are like, Gross, get a room. But like, Wow. Wow, like, can you guys just fucking cool it for a second? I like, why that is? I don't know. I mean, I get it. You're with Brendan Fraser. I would be too. But right. like, at least and you're some fucking still decently prime. Yeah. Brendan Fraser. No, they're like. Although he all physically got fucked all over the place on this movie. Like, he this is one of the ones where like he started getting a lot of injuries yeah. on set. Well, yeah, because there's um, a lot of dumb shit. Um, that's weird. Did they and they don't explain it? They're just is that. It's just they're all over each other because they're super in love. And you're like, oh, gross, that's thanks. that's weird. Okay. Um, that the Magi are still the best, but they're very bad at their jobs, which mm-hmm, they do reference mm-hmm. in this. Good. Because even, I think, I don't know if it's Jonathan or Rick says something to main Magi dude. And he's like, I'm sorry, like, isn't your job supposed to be to stop this from happening? Like, what the fuck are you doing? No, we were all on vacation. 
Exactly. Um, there's the zombie monkey ninjas, which are the pygmies that I mentioned earlier. Yes. Which, again, zero context. Where the fuck did they come from? Apparently in the novelization, there's some kind of throwaway explanation of like, oh, they were brought as shitty jesters for the pharaoh. No, it's just shitty. And it makes no goddamn sense. Um, and it doesn't look good, because it's all CG. No. And not good. Also, one thing that's sort of like a heartbreaking note is um, Rick always calls... Evie Evelyn, except when she gets stabbed by um, an Oxenamun in this one, and then he calls her Evie, and you're like, oh, poor baby. Um, also, she wouldn't die that fast from a stab wound to the gut. Just like... Even in movie logic. That medically, yeah. scientifically, like, movie logically, I watch a lot of Criminal Minds, like, it was a small shank blade right to the center of the gutness. Like, it would take you a hot minute to bleed out, she dies instantaneously. And, like, can't breathe. I'm like, what, did she go up and in and puncture her lung? Like, the fuck? It was just a little yoink when she walked by, and that, you wouldn't have died that fast. Um, but, yeah, so then, okay, so Emotep has to fight the Scorpion King to try to get the army and take over the world again. But after he Which, walks do we in, know that, by the way? Like, when they're like, oh, my God, fight. the only yeah. thing that can beat the Scorpion King yes. is the mummy from the first one. Yes. Parentheses, and when he does that... Then we're fucked because he's going to have the army? Yes. Like, yeah, they, and they just decide, like, we'll cross that bridge when we get there? Very clearly mentioned, yeah. That's the old try to take over the world scheme. Like, they kind of joke about that's it. That's odd. Yeah. Um, but as soon I, I, as... I kudos to their confidence of, like, right. well, clearly we can kill the regular mummy, but he can kill the scorpion king, and then we'll just kill the mummy again because that's what we do. Yeah, like, I All guess. All right, good for their um, confidence. So when they, again, where it's a weird, like, we hop locations a couple of times for no reason. Um, so once they get to the final, like, okay, this is where the Scorpion King is or whatever, and this is where Emotep's gonna fight him. So Emotep and Anouk Cinnamon walk in, some weird black CGI thing fucks Emotep, like, and, blah, 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 and like, blah, he just sort of, like, gyrates for a minute, and then he's like, oh, Anubis wants me to fight him as a mortal. He's taken my powers. I'm sorry, what? Well, we can't just have him, you know, have a badass mummy fight. We gotta make but him a man. here's the thing. Sparky, uh, when the Scorpion King comes back, he's half fucking Scorpion? Well, he's half man, he's half Samoan, half Scorpion, all bad CG. But here's the thing. In the beginning... In the beninging. In the beginning... Bin- <laughs> in the beninging. In the beginning... Beninging. Um, God created light. Right. Um, but... Nowhere in the stories of the Scorpion King does it mention that he's half Scorpion. He's not in the beginning when he's just a badass warrior. He's just badass warrior rock. He's not half Scorpion. So do you feel like this decision was made late late in the process? Like they were like, yes. well, then the rock comes and we have a cool triple threat match kind of thing where like we've got Emotep, we've got Brennan Fraser yeah. and the rock and they're all like fighting back and forth. And then somebody like came in and they were like, not big enough. And they we were got to make him have Scorpion. Yes. Because I would have been much less offended if he just had a cool Scorpion hat. Um, or Scorpion armor. Anything. But no, he's literally half goddamn Scorpion. So why would it matter if Emotep was mortal if the Scorpion King was half Scorpion? He yeah. should have at least had his powers to stand half a fucking chance. Yeah, that's weird. And why would Anubis give a shit? It's his goddamn army. He can just take it back. Like, yeah, I don't know. It makes no sense. Um, and, yeah, so... Because, like... I don't understand, again, why we made him half Scorpion. Because when Emotep came back, he wasn't physically half Scarab. Like, there's no reason for him to have morphed into this weird... Now, see, if that had been the case, if it was, like it's going to be a weird mutant monster fight, then that's different. But yeah, that is weird. Yeah, no, there's no... To be like, here's Bald Guy, and here's Brendan Fraser, and they have to fight this big CG monster. And it looks Very 2000s decision. Bad. 
bad. Yeah. Like, in no way is this good or, like, oh, cool. No, it's bad start to finish. There's also a lot of fire throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, in the temple scenes at the beginning, there's a lot of, like, big fireballs that get knocked over. There's a lot of torches. And I'm like, it's already fucking hot in Egypt. Like, why did we go with this decision? That's weird. Because at least at the end, I was like, well, maybe it's to try to cover up some of the CGI. Because it looked fucking bad. But, like, there you would be dead. Like, your skin would be melting if you're close to that much fucking fire. It would be hot. And, like, it's just... And everyone just ignores it. Yeah, ridiculous. Like, everything would be on fire. Um, Also, at one point, one of the bad guys, I don't... I think it was the old Pharaoh guy. Like, he sticks his hand in a thing and whatever, it eats his hand off for some reason. But when he pulls it back, it looks like a spirit skeleton with some snot on it. Oh, no! It's, like, the saddest, like... (laughs) Yeah, it's real bad. Um, I'm still not sure what eats his hand, but whatever. Scarabs? Maybe. But why would it have snot on it? Like, it was just gross. Six scarabs? Scarabs with a flu? Yeah. Um, Let's see. Yeah, Scorpion PS1 level graphics... You know, Tep wasn't physically part scared. Oh, um, and then there's this plot fucking convenience thing. So for whatever reason throughout the whole movie, there's this weird, like, staff thing that Jonathan has, because he had it in the house, and then for whatever reason they've bumble-fucked this with them throughout the entire journey. Now, I don't know if I might have, like, missed it, or if it was, like, expositionally explained in dialogue at some point of to why they clung to this one thing, because Jonathan's like, oh, it's the only thing I have left, but why would you bring it with you? But it ends up being, like, the spear that can kill the Scorpion King. And I'm like, well, that's kind of fucking convenient that you managed you to bring it just lug this around from the garage sale? Yeah, yeah. That, that was the one thing that you were like, oh, yeah, no, totally, this, I got it. Like, cool. We just happen to have this in my fucking pocket. Although Rick explaining to Jonathan that it's a spear is adorable. Because, like, he sees the thing on the wall and, like, they have the thing and then it's like, ooh, it's a big spear. And so he's like, the stick thing, it's a spear! And Jonathan's like, I don't... It doesn't look like one, and he's like, it opens up into, and he's like, just trying to scream and like explain that it opens into a spear, and you have to figure out how to open it. But like, it's adorable and very good, just chaotic Brendan Fraser energy. And I was like, all right, that's precious. Uh, I also made note that it opens with the same rules that the puzzle box opens from Hellraiser, which is to say, the film suggests that there's some kind yeah. of special I can't thing, figure it out. but the answer yeah. is kind of just. You just put your hands on all of it. You just sort yeah. of touch it all. Yeah. And eventually, when the when the scene needs it, it'll open. And also, thank God that this didn't happen at any other point that we were manhandling it in the or film. Or fell on it, or whatever. at one point, two people are fighting over it. Hands all over. But didn't... Didn't ejaculate Punch in it. the right yeah, combination. Like, yeah. didn't fuck enough buttons for it to actually open and stab somebody in the goddamn face. So yeah. that's convenient. Right. Um, and then the best thing that made me laugh out loud in the very end, which again, why did we get here? So Rick and Emotep are both like hanging off of this precipice of like a weird soul lake again, because there's another weird lake of souls, Hercules, Hades style. Um, and so Evie, okay, this is also dumb. So, uh, oh my God, we broke the spell or whatever for the Scorpion King. Cool. Holy shit. This place is going to blow because Because what else would happen? Yeah. But all of these, like, spikes start falling from the ceiling. Yeah, a lot of, uh, what, stalactites? But that's not how pyramids were made. And there's, like, a bazillion. Like, the entire ceiling would have to be, and they have to fall, like, strategically and timed precisely. Like, just absolutely ridiculous of why is this another obstacle that we have to face, and this also physically is impossible. So, okay, cool. 
But Evie manages to, like, dodge them enough to grab Rick and help pull him out of the pit. And Hemotep's like, oh, Anuxanamun, my bitch, who still isn't dead for some reason, like, help me. And she's Be my girlfriend like, and come drag me out of yeah, the pit of souls. and she just goes, nah, and boo-boo's out of there. And he's like... He's so upset. The way he says her name is, like, the saddest thing. Like, oh, give this he man an Oscar just he for that moment he, of fucking acting. He doesn't say it like, oh, no... I'm being dragged into a pit of souls, yeah. and my lost love has forsaken me. He says it like he's been dating her for a long time, and she just announced that she's going to marry somebody else. Like yeah. he's just like, "Oh no!" Like it's so- it's so fucking sad, and it's amazing. <laughs> I was like, just oh, a plus acting. On I would explain part, yeah. what my favorite part is, but it's really hard to explain it mm. in an audio format. It's more of a visual thing. But when the Scorpion King does get killed. They, oh, they pull oh a God. double fake out, so they make the spear happen. Yeah, Jonathan's, Jonathan's like, don't worry, I got the king. He hurls it to stab the Stor- Scorpion King, which will kill it. Mm-hmm. It goes about three feet, and then Emotep jumps and grabs it, does 45 million twirls with it, and is like, aha, I caught it. Now I'm going to kill the Scorpion King, and I get to rule the army. And then he throws it. It goes another four feet. Then Brendan Fraser jumps up and catches it mm-hmm. and goes, no, no, I'm going to kill the Scorpion King, and we're going to save the day. And then he takes two steps backwards, oops, stabs the Scorpion King. But for whatever reason, we didn't <laughs> cut the editing early enough. So he's like, he's over the pit of souls. He stabs the Scorpion King. Big dramatic moment. Then Emotep takes four steps into frame and goes, No! It's like a scene from Scooby-Doo. He just runs in frantically from off camera. It's like, oh, no! Like, but you should have just cut right to him going, oh, no. Not, yeah. well, wait, where is he? Oh, he just stepped on set. Oh, no! Like, it's so he was dumb. in the bathroom. It's like, so dumb. There's a little trail of toilet paper on his sandals as he yeah. runs in. Oh, no! It's The double fake out into that is just a work of art. It's majestic. So, mm-hmm. anything else about the actual, like, plot of the movie? Um, it makes no goddamn sense. Right, very convoluted. Now... And it makes more sense that one dude just had all these ideas knocking around in his brainium and nobody went, hey, we need to fucking simplify this a little bit. Well, I would say that this film absolutely smacks of the studio mm-hmm. going, you can't just tell the same story, everything has to be bigger. Yeah. Because it's like, well, we can't tell anything more interesting in Egypt, so now they have to globetrot. Like, you know, well, no, it's still in Egypt, but they go to like fifteen different sites instead that's what of I'm everything saying. taking place in um, the fuck was the city of the dead called? The city of the dead. Yeah, it's like we go to somewhere else, and then we have to go to. Um, I just watched it. I can't goddamn remember the name of it. Starts with a K. They have to go somewhere else, and then there's like a third location, which was this oasis, which was where the Scorpion King originally sold his soul to Anubis. But it's like. They go back to London to their big house for a minute, and then they end up back in Egypt, and then they have to go to, like, three different places in Egypt for no reason. Like, it's just so... all. But we have the... There's no the big reason. bus action scene in London, is my yeah. point. Like, we didn't just go to Egypt, and we're in Egypt, right. and we're in Egypt. It's like, there's a lot of other scenes that there's we had to go to. There's happens in London, too. Yeah. Um, well, I want to talk about some comparisons of characters that are clearly... Like, we wish we could just have this person again. Uh-huh. So we don't have Rick's old chummy pilot friend no he died dies. valiantly he was yes. he was just wishing for death he was a right. very millennial character yeah instead we've got izzy who's mm-hmm. like this like lando to his han solo kind cool. of thing also pilot friend right 
Um, nice. So how does that compare to the first? Um, he's not bad. Like, you get some cute quips of, like, oh, Rick was, you know, a scoundrel. And so he's like, mm. Literally, land, I'm saying, like, the yeah. Lando to his Han. It's exactly. very clearly that. And he gets mad because he's like, every time I go on a mission or something bullshit with you, I get shot, and I don't want to get shot. But at the end, it's like, holy, oh, she didn't get shot. <laughs> Almost got killed by a fucking mummy, though, so that's right. cool. Um, but, I mean, it's okay. It's clearly the other, like, character they needed to get there. Right. But it's like, eh, okay. Um, there is no Benny Mm-mm. in this, because obviously he dies in, the, in yeah. the first one, but we don't have an equivalent to that. I guess... The Reincarnated we, in Nox and Moon is sort of the sidekick. The closest we come, I would say, is the um, the museum director who is the, the reincarnated pharaoh. pharaoh. Yeah. But again, I don't know if he knew that he was the pharaoh, but he's just like the leader of like the anti-Magi. Right. Because there's this group of dudes in red instead of black who like, like suck the mummy, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But so he's sort of like overseeing all of that. My question is: Is a lack of Benny an issue in this film? A hundred percent. I would have killed to have Benny back. Like, obviously, he's dead. You cannot. But at least Benny's he brother, was good. like Denny, like something. Right. It was another good, like, element of like sleazy, you know, minion kind of thing. You don't really get that direct equivalent. Um, water face effect versus sand face effect. Oh my god, the sand looked a thousand times better by comparison. The water looks so fucking dumb. Yeah. You can't even tell that it's like his face. It's just big face and then big mouth, and you're like, this is stupid. Um, were there any elements of the film that you did like the second go around? Um, I mean, like it's still mummy, so like it's still good. Like I still love Brendan Fraser. Um, and main Medjay dude is the fucking best, and yes. I love that like he gets to be a cool bro in this one because they were kind of like anti-hero esque in the first one because they were like, hey, look, we don't care who we have to kill, but like you're not fucking our shit up. But at least in this one, like they're a lot more like united. I feel like that was almost a missed opportunity. Like, if you wanted to carry this movie franchise, mm-hmm. you should have just had the Magi be your main guys. Yeah, because that way they could go after whatever weird mythical bullshit and right. have it be like, oh, well, clearly they're to, supposed to protect, like, the ancient right. secrets or whatever. Um, but I did realize that whoever was either, like, the story or, like, element designer for Assassin's Creed Origins absolutely watched this movie because... It's based, the Magi basically becomes Bayek. Because obviously Bayek is a Magi, if anybody's plays Assassin's Creed Origins. But, like, the Magi has the pet falcon. Bird, yeah. Bird thing. And so, like, he's like, oh, it'll tell my Magi friends where we have to, like, go fuck shit up. So, like, he carries a tiny little message or whatever. But, like... That's definitely in the the game, yeah. Yeah, that's Bayek's fucking pet. You get the bird. And then the bird, like, helps out with cool shit. And so it's like, oh, no, that's 100% what this is. Yeah. Um... So, like, yeah, obviously he's great. I mean, it's nice to see Evie not be, like, a bumblefucker because Jonathan is such a bumblefucker that, like, both of them bumblefucking would be too much. But we rely real heavily on the, like, oh, she had memories of when she was cool, so now she's cool. Yeah. Like, she's hot the whole movie. She's got eyeliner the whole movie. She figured out how to fill in her eyebrows the whole movie. Like, we have lost any semblance of original Evie with the exception of, like, the kid, kind of, because, like, the kid can read ancient Egyptian, and he's like, oh, mom taught me, because, like, of course she would have taught him how to read ancient Egyptian, right. you know what I mean, like... Let's talk about the kid a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, big oof of, like, and now we've got Junior, like, that's pretty woof, mm-hmm. but how do you feel he does overall? How does you feel, like, he contributes to the story? He serves the purpose, mm-hmm. because it's like, well, he puts the bracelet on, but now, like, he's the one who knows all the information about the fucking thing, so they're like, well, the bad guys can't kill him. 
because that would have been too easy. But, like, he can be a little shit to the bad guys and they can't do anything. Um, well, I was going to say, um, I was reading some notes and uh, the biggest whoopsie-daisy of this film is that that kid was apparently up for Harry Potter. It was apparently him and Daniel Radcliffe. Aww. And he was and he was such a huge fan of the first mummy Aww. that he was like, fuck Harry Potter, I'd rather do That's the mummy. That's so cute. Um so whoops a daisy. Yeah, fuck that kid's whole crew. You voted the you backed the wrong horse there. Although it wouldn't have worked anyway. They would have had to like dye his hair darker and like it, What are you a- complaining about uh James Bond and like ah. Uh, well, no, but like because they make it very clear in the books that Harry looked like his dad, so right. he had like the tously hair, which we really don't get until the third or fourth movie anyway. But like, because he's got a weird bowl cut. Yeah. But like, there's other issues. Makeup that would have been exists yeah. anyway. Um, but the other thing was, like I said, the kid apparently had watched the original Mummy thirty times, Aww. and so he was their continuity director on set. Like they would ask the kid, they like have re- this, this. So on I'm, the kid. So I'm guessing like. I just like picturing moments where like the director's like, yeah, okay. So then Rick's got this tattoo because the magi. And the kid's like, he didn't have that the first one. They're like, hey, shut up. Like, well, like Rick mentions because the magi like acknowledges that like what the symbol is, and he's like, oh, I got that fucking somewhere. You can't brush off a tattoo that you've gotten in within like. That's weird. Like, and it's on the outside of his wrist, which is a really awkward tattoo place. And definitely we would have seen it in the movie. Um, Yeah, so, like, they just sort of throw away line of, like, oh, I got it for whatever. It's just a coincidence. And he's like, oh, there's a fine line between fate and coincidence. And you're like, okay, weird. But it's very cringy. But um, one of the other throwbacks to the first one, which has to do with the kid. So when they're in the beginning, they're in the place where Evie had the dream about the thing and blah, blah, blah. So they just, like, leave the kid. And they're like, oh, hang out here in the temple area. We're going to go explore okay, so then bad guys come, and of course the kid's trying to, like, hide or whatever, so he tries to scare him off, but then they see the kid, some other bullshit happens, and the guy knocks over the scaffolding that the kid is on, so you don't realize what is going to happen in the scene until it tips, and then you're like, oh, it's the fucking bookshelf scene. Yeah. So he knocks over all of these giant pillars that are in the temple area, right. and he's like, oh, Oops, and you're like, oh, he's her kid, okay. Um... So, one thing that you and I talked about before uh, that's really cool about the original one is that it has that feeling of being in, like, the 20s. Mm. Um, This is 10 years after that, so we're, like, in the 30s going into the 40s. Yeah. Does this feel like that at all? The cars are really big, like, old-timey cars. Um, But, I mean, really the only... The thing that kind of saves it and makes it more, like, timeless is because so much of it does take place in the middle of fucking Egypt. Right. So, like... You don't exactly have a cell phone, you know what I mean? Right, like you can you ride camels and Yeah, you wouldn't have anything anyway. Shit, yeah. um, the only thing that seems oddly, like, steampunky out of place is Pilot Guy's dirigible. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't I don't know if that would have been a thing. Or, like, I don't think this thing functions the way that you people think that this thing functions. Yeah. Because um, it seems oddly, like, fantastical for them to take this whimsical hot air balloon adventure and right. you're like okay well, that, so that brings me to another point so the first one i guess is just sort of an action adventure movie i yeah. guess you would say does this one feel like that too or does this feel like a family action adventure film because i feel like as soon as you include the kid you've immediately gone into family friendly action adventure yeah because there's definitely a lot less um like, genuinely freaky elements of it. Does anybody demand whiskey? Because that's... No. You know, no whiskey. Um, we do get 
oh, we've got more of the effect of the scarabs under people's skin, which is dumb. Um, so, like, would you only get really once? Like, there's one dude who's got, like, a shitload of them, and you see the big, like, lumps on him, and you're like, ugh. But otherwise, most of the effects are CGI, or they just look hokey. Like, in the first one, there's some really good tangible effects as far as, like, the actual mummies go, or, like, Emotep's weird, like, slow back rise to being hot. Now he's just icky for, like, five minutes, then he eats a couple of dudes who were dicks anyway, and then he's hot again. And then it's like, mm. okay. Because he's with his bitch now, so, like, he's gonna look good. Well, because um, even with the... Even with the CGI in the first one, it was used in specialty ways. Because remember yeah. the scene when Emotep's back, and he's trying to track down the Americans so that he can suck their blood or whatever and yeah. they come back to normal. And so there's the scene with the guy who lost his fucking eyeballs and tongue. Oh, that's so And he's good. sitting there, and Benny's like, oh, you know, Emotep appreciates your sacrifice. And he's like, oh, cool. And he's yeah. like, but that's not enough. And he's like, oh, no. And we have this really dramatic moment, and then Emotep yeah. takes off his, like, you're man like, in the oh, iron fuck. mask. Yeah. And you're still at CG, but it's in darkness. Mm-hmm. It's shrouded. It's supposed to be scary, and it's just there for a moment. Yeah. It's not like we have to live with it for ten minutes. It's like, <gasps> and then it's done. Yeah. Um, no, this is a lot more, like, setting and, like, scenery and, like, yeah. big sweeping shots that look awful. Well, so one thing that I did find out was apparently the visual effects, especially for The Rock as the scorpion monster... Mm-hmm were completed, like, eight days prior to the film releasing. Not even finished wrapped, but released. It shows. So super rushed, super rushed effects. And so, as such, it's not just the monster at the end, but, like, there's a lot of scenes where it's, like, there's big CG that we are, that are doing a lot of carrying, a lot of heavy lifting, and really aren't justified. Especially in, like, the beginning when they're kind of giving over the story of the Scorpion King, a lot of the, like, sets or the sweeping shots of, like, Egypt as it was is really, like, Um, Which is a shame, because in the beginning of the first one, we get the big CG sweeping shot, and it looks fine. And in the end, everything gets sucked up into the pyramid, because it was this weird, like, oasis that came up, obviously, or whatever. But all of the trees, which there's way too many... Uh, so it just looks like this swirling, like, if you put fucking wheatgrass in a blender, that's what it looked like. That's definitely the Because all of the trees are 100% green. Like, and all identical. No brown of the bark. Exactly. Because it's all palm trees, but palm trees aren't top to bottom green. There would be dirt. There would be the actual, like, wood part of the tree. There would be, like, dirt and sand and other shit. Nope. It is all 100% green. And it looks like balls. And yeah, you're like, really wow, whoever okayed this. Mm-hmm bit off a little bit more than you could chew guys yeah like it's obvious that they were fucking pressed mm. yeah it's very rushed is, is yeah. what you know all the the you know details say yeah. and so it's, again like we could have saved ourselves a lot of headache without doing most so what could have been fixed because we've talked about this with like adam's family values of like well that was too many movies and like you could have just split it up and focused on one or the other what would have fixed this um, definitely streamlining how we get back to why we're resurrecting, re- resurrecting Emotep. And I honestly don't think we needed another villain. Because even when Emotep dies in the first one, he says death is only the beginning. Which I'm pretty sure was like the tagline for some other movie, but that's okay. Um, but you could have just been like, okay, if we were going to stick with the reincarnation storyline, then Anuxana Moon wakes up and goes, oh shit. I've got to wake my dude up again, because he tried to do that for so me. So now she's trying. Yeah, it. and then you could go like, okay, now they're united together, and now they as a couple take on Rick and Evie as a couple, and everybody fights in cute, happy ending, nice day. Um, or if you wanted to stick with the Scorpion King, then I don't think he should have been half fucking Scorpion, because it would have been way cooler to just have the Rock beat ass at the end of the movie as the goddamn Rock, 
than have this weird CGI thing that looks like bullshit. And what would be the point of having Imhotep without his powers if he has to fight this giant fantastical thing? Like, I thought, think it could have been a good, like, nah, dude, it's just you and me one-on-one. Just guys being dudes. Like, you gotta just fucking duke it out and see what happens. And yeah, then, if like, you're Imhotep telling me... would have to just rely on, like, fucking brute strength to beat the fuck out of this guy. It, or, if you're telling me you've got a juiced-up scorpion king rock and i don't mean like as a monster i mean like he's got scorpion armor whatever whatever because we do have in place of all of the scarabs in the first movie which are still scarabs but now we have a shitload of scorpions so it's like oh you've got to fight him like in a scorpion pit like right but i'm saying like if you just had the ending just be a fucking mortal Kombat fight is what i'm saying and you've got juiced up rock going against emotep who's got like sand powers yeah that would be pretty kick-ass fine yeah Yeah. if they're essentially just literally scorpion and sub-zero but like desert sub-zero i'm fine yeah and then maybe the the trick is Rick and Evie and the gang have to just basically close off the pyramid and just trap them there forever exactly. kind of thing. And they can just fight amongst themselves for all eternity. Yeah, but they'll be locked like, in. Mm, now you're my bitches, both of you. Like, I'll Something like you that. to my army. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, fuck Something, yeah. Yeah, like, Something along those lines instead of just... Anything oops. else. Yeah. Like, um, anything other than what we did. Would you have done the time jump? Would you have done the kid? Like, are those necessary elements or do you think a better sequel would have just cut those out? Um, I think it's cute because it gives them some time to, like, be established as people, which is nice because um, I don't like the idea of, like, back-to-back adventures because, like, first of all, what are the odds of this thing happening to one person anyway, let mm-hmm. alone within the span of, like, six months? Like, True. that's a long six months for that. Um, but I do think we could have better established what they've done in the meantime because mm-hmm. it's, like, they've got the kid. We established that the kid spends a lot of time in the library, that they're still doing, like, archaeology things, but, like, you don't really get a lot of context like, are they still actively doing archaeology missions, or did they right. just go because she had the weird dream? Like, And if, if, are they all kind of adventurous, or is Rick right. really bored? Because, like... He's not adventurous. There's yeah. no guns needed. It's just, we're digging some shit up and right. we go home. And, like, if the Bainbridge scholars were up her ass, why wouldn't she have joined them? Right. Because that was, like, her fucking goal. So, like, why did she tell them to fuck off? Unless it was, well, we're gonna do our own shit. Right. Different. Like, we're opening up our own fucking school. Right. Like, it's not super clear what's happened in the meantime, other than, like... Uh, stuff yeah. like they have the big house cool and like jonathan's still a fuck up so like cool. all right i guess yeah. yeah um but i don't mind it i mean like the kid's precocious and it's a cute like device plot device to use between the two of them so that way it's not like oh evie gets kidnapped again it's like all right True. well now they've got to take the kid so at least it's something that they can work toward together um yeah like i don't mind the time jump i don't mind the kid i think it was just the like over bearingness of all of the different elements of the story because it's like well we have to bring up back emotep to fight the scorpion king but we also have to bring back emotep because his girlfriend wants to bring him back okay like why why, why couldn't we just pick one or it's mm-hmm. like oh we also bring it back because this weird specific timing with the scorpion king only happens now like well why why now like why did nobody know that because when evie finds the bracelet of anubis that has the big scorpion on it she's like oh like he's just a myth though like there's no recorded like evidence of him like there's no nothing supporting that he actually existed other than just like some hearsay and stories so how the fuck would they know that any of this was real like right how, how- do, what numbers can you crunch to be like ah this is the 5,000th anniversary how the fuck exactly do you know? and then how would anooks and Amun know if this right. happened before their time even because yeah. that was maybe like 3,000 years ago but if the scorpion king was 5,000 years ago then that's 2,000 years even before then she none of this makes sense mm-hmm. like there's just a lot of like 
that's awfully convenient about mm-hmm. this convoluted story. Yeah. But overall, I mean, it's very similar vibe to, like, Adam's Family Values, where, like, there's redeeming moments of it, so I'm not going to completely pan the movie as a whole. But, like, we didn't have to do what we did. Well, there's like you a said, reason... it's very obvious that the studio kicked in the door and went, crank it up to 11, and everybody yeah. was like, ugh, all right. Well, I was going to say, I think the biggest thing is there's a reason why the original mummy is so revered and why there's merch for it now. Like there's so many people that are like, no, that movie's the shit. And this one's just sort of forgotten. Yeah. Um, which is weird because with Adam's family values, we're seeing, and you know, you and I are obviously more privy to this because we follow a lot of independent artists and Mm -hmm. so that there is so much Wednesday Adams merch based on shit from the second one. Yeah, because there was more character stuff because they were just written as basically punchlines to jokes in the first one. The thing that drives me nuts about, and this is sort of like a side note on Wednesday merch, is that a lot of it is really fucking cringy, and Wednesday wasn't right. Like she's a queen. Yeah, it's like oh, we're all stop wearing black when they make a darker color. Like fucking get out of here with that hot topic slogan bullshit. Like. She knew what the fuck she was doing. Like, right. the her walking with the knife, and is that for your brother? I don't think so. And she hands her the big fucking cleaver. Like, yeah, that's that bitch. Right. Like, not this kind of, like, oh, fucking, uh, droll, like, coffee mug, slow well, gothic bullshit. Because I think people want to put more. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, those two films are still very 90s. Oh, so, yeah. like, you know, the big line of, you know, what's one of Wednesday's big moments in the first one is the, like, oh, how about this? I'll trade you a box of my Girl Scout cookies for a glass of your lemonade. And it's, it's like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, like, one of her big lines is, are the cookies made with real Girl Scouts? Yeah. And it's like, uh-oh! Ew! But, like, that's all you really have to draw from. Yeah, well, then she's... The, when they do the Halloween thing at the end, and she's like, oh, I'm a homicidal, your costume? Yeah, I'm a homicidal yeah. maniac. They look like all, anybody else. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. But I think people love the idea of Wednesday, but, like, the movies are from the 90s, so they're very 90s jokes. So it's like, well, all right, well, we'll just fling this on it instead then. Yeah, you know? it's just super cringy. And I'm like, please stop trying to destroy this character. Because stuff, you know, no one's going to... Everything else requires dialogue. If you want, like, a holy shit Wednesday Adams moment from the second movie, then it would be like, I'll play the victim! All um, your life. life. Yeah, yeah, like... Or when she tells the horror story to the girls and it's all their old noses had grown back. Like, right. Ugh, so good. I didn't get that joke for a long time. Because, like, I was a kid, I didn't know that, like... Well, even the victim joke doesn't really hit you as a kid. You're just sitting yeah. there like, okay. No. But the, and, and I think that that's a strength to the movies of that time. Mm-hmm. Was that, like, Adam's Family is technically, like, a family movie. But there was definitely Not jokes really. in there for yeah. mom and dad. Like, the, I spend... What was it, $10,000 for him to be Mr. Woo Woo? Like, $10,000 to summer camp and he's Mr. Woo Woo. Exactly. There's like, like <laughs> kids aren't going to be like, oh, I get that. Yeah, what the hell? What a shitty system, mom and dad. Like, no, they're just like, huh? And then the, uh, the parents are like, oh, that's the greatest thing ever. Like, it's so fucking funny. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Or like all the weird, obvious, like, the Harmony Hut and all that shit. Sexual stuff yeah. between Gomez and Morticia. You're like, hey, like, right. when she's still the torture act. She's like, a second honeymoon. And it's like, hey, that's not for children, by the way. Right. Like, wow. Wow. Or the me. whole fucking plot line with um, Debbie and Fester. Yeah, right. like, Fester got, which again, doesn't make sense. Oh, but this is going to be 
callback, I guess, yeah. to... Go watch our first episode of with But this. in the first one, they establish when they're watching the home movies that Gomez is like, you could have had any girl you wanted, which is right. weird and doesn't make sense because obviously you but that's the fucking funny, Gomez. But that's right. the, the joke But that's the it. funny haha that their Adams is, is like, the hot guy wouldn't get all the girls Fester was. Right, because he was a weirdo. So, like, you can't tell me that Fester definitely banged out Flora and Fauna and yet simped over fucking Debbie because yeah. she threw some puss at him. Like, yeah. he's had... Siamese twin puss. Like, True. how fucking WAP could Debbie shit be? True. Very timely reference. I yes. apologize. Um, but it fit with the whole, like, aesthetic of the conversation. Yes. But yeah, like, what did Debbie have over him that, like, nobody else did? Like, you couldn't be like, oh, she threw him a bone. Because, like, clearly Fester had The no movie kind of presents it that way, though. Yeah, that he was, like, weird virgin. But it's like, no, no, we've established that, like, Fester could get it. Like, don't, mm. don't miss me with that shit. Yeah, I don't know. It's a conversation for another day. Yeah. Uncle Simp. Um, Uncle Simp Knack. Yeah, Simp Adams. Um, I love you, Uncle Knack Knack Lane. It's one of my favorites. Yes. That's the other problem, too. Like, that's the difficult thing about, like, if you were trying to make mm-hmm. merch for either of these films, for Adam's Family or for Mummy Returns, is, like, any of the really great lines are kind of buried in dialogue, like yeah. a back and forth. They're not just like, boom, tagline. Like, well, it's like, I would like to do one that has like, um, maybe like suitcases or like storage trunks on it and have it be like, Uncle Nick Nick's Summer Wardrobe, Uncle Nick Nick Nick's Winter Wardrobe, and then just and then like Uncle the body Nick bag. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you could do that. Um, I think one thing we need to do is we need to sit down and watch the other sequels. No, we thank We need to you. watch the, um, the Tomb of the Dragon King, which... Yep. Uh, Rachel Weisz refused to come back for. Yeah, after this one, I think we're all fucking good. Because uh, they even showed before the V... Because this was on VHS that I watched it. I didn't because just, you're like, a Netflix fucking hipster. Yeah. yeah, I'm watching it on OG VHS. So before the movie, they're like, oh, enjoy these select scenes from The Scorpion King. So they clearly had The Rock signed on. Yeah. Ooh, that might have been it. That might be why they shoehorned The Rock in, because they're trying to promote his movie. Probably. But either way. So... They ju- and it's mostly just, like, you know, cool rock fighting scenes. Like, it wasn't dumb. But, like, why? why? Like, why are we even going here? Why are we continuing this? Like, this was all dumb. Like, why were we... Like, it's super putting the cart before the horse as yes. far as, like, sequels go. Yes. Like, hey, guys, we didn't sign up for this No, yet. they had enough confidence that, like, oh, well, yeah. we can blast out another sequel and it'll be fine. Yeah. Let's figure out how we're going to make the Scorpion King work. Not fine, by the yeah. way. Not fine. Uh, well, I mean, it was. It made slightly more money than the first. So, no, like, I mean, of course, because the first one was a work of art. Yeah, so. you could have done yeah. anything as the sequel and it would have made money just because the first yeah. one did so well. Um, but Dragon, I want to see the Dragon Emperor with you, with uh, with Chiyun Fat, or not Chiyun Fat, with Jet Li as the as the as the Emperor, which I think is an interesting concept of like, okay, it's discouraging that this movie series literally had one film and was like. I'm all out of ideas for Egypt. I don't know what else we're well, doing. there's so many ideas for Egypt, especially when you're working with a culture that believes so heavily in an afterlife. Like, yeah. how are you not okay? There's so many Egypt things. Yeah. Like, there were so many between the pharaohs and the gods and the legends. Like, you could go for days on Egyptology shit, and you just were like, No, nah, we did it once. We were like, I don't know what else to do. We're we just going to bring that guy back. We a half in. We're good. Like, yeah. no, there's so many more things. But I also want to sit down and watch... The really weird, Raul Julia's dead and we can't afford anybody else to come in, uh, Adam's Family movies. No. Because I've never actually seen them. Neither have I. Because I, I know Tim Curry refused. plays Gomez. 
Which, I mean, like, if you had to sub anybody else, first of all, I think it's ironic that Nathan Lane was in an Adams Family movie and then later went on to play Gomez. Very interesting. So, like, I think it would be cute to have... Who are you? What are you? Who moved the rock? Yeah. Yeah. And then he's Gomez in the shitty Broadway play. Yes. Um, but, like, if you had to have somebody else, I feel like Tim Curry would have been, like, A+, but you can't follow up real Julia with Tim Curry. No. Like, two totally different ends of the spectrum. Exactly. Now we're in a different family. It's right. an alternate dimension. It's yeah. a different reality. Like, you cannot... Back-to-back, though. It's like, that is not okay. Yeah. I don't like it. So we'll have to track those down and and, and view them, because I'm very interested to see, like, is it... Uh, Like, is it still a decent story, and we just had the great value cast, and that's why it didn't do so well? Or is it, like, because we didn't have the original cast, we just stopped trying? Like... I'm honestly assuming the latter, just because it's like, we wanted to keep making money, but, like, we didn't have the means... To do anything And I think both of these films suffer the same thing. Of like, not everything has to be a trilogy. You did fine with two movies. Well, it's even like with Home Alone. Right, you You did fine with two movies. One was great, two you got fucking lucky. You pushed it. Uh, We're done. Oh, different kid, new situation. No, you cannot keep this train a-rolling. Like, after that, you are donezo. Yeah, so I feel like those are definitely films. And I mean Terminator the same way. Terminator 1, great. 2, wow, you really nailed it. Way to go. We're done now. Don't push your fucking luck. Go away now. Yeah, the movie industry is a big game of big bucks, no whammies. And now it's even worse. Now it's like, uh, if you're making a film, you better have the next two sequels already in mind, or don't fucking bother. I hate that. Or like, hey, let's take one story and split it into two movies for no reason. Like, there's certain blame I blame Harry Potter for that shit. Absolutely, because there's no reason that that last book was two movies. Well, yeah, no, no, no. There's no reason why that last book is two movies, and yet Order of the Phoenix is one. Yeah. Order of the Phoenix, biggest book in the series, shortest film. Oldest Red Lost What the fuck? I know, and it was so good. Right. Half-Blood Prince and Order of the Phoenix are two of my favorites, and, like, you just butchered all of that. Like, you... There's but so it was like a, it was a well, you know what? I guess the gravy trains run out. I mean, it was a good run. We all made a lot of money, and uh, sad to see it go, unless. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute. What if we yeah. split this up into two movies? And now that did that, and Twilight did that, and fucking Hobbit did that, and it's, which again, there's no reason. Like in Jared Hobbit, Lincoln, I feel especially. like especially there's no reason because yeah. that was a short like novella. That led to Lord of the Rings. Right, like, which granted, Tolkien wrote a lot of shit. Right. A lot of his shit is very, like, convoluted. But you cannot tell me that, like, Return of the King and even, like, Fellowship of the Ring, there's so much story that you have to set up in one movie, you can't tell me that you couldn't justify The Hobbit in one film. Like, right. fuck you, you're just milking it, and I hate that. Like, no. Joins <laughs> me nuts. Yeah, and especially since you're not really having to build a whole well, other world. We already know the characters. Yeah, we're for already the most pretty part. familiar with the world at least. Exactly. We already know that Bilbo. Right. We've already alluded to him and Gandalf going on adventures previously cuz Frodo says like, "Hey, Gandalf's got this label as a troublemaker." And the hobbits are like, "Hmm. Wizards making errors when he pulls right. up." And you're like, "Oh, okay." Like, we know who the dwarves are, we know who elves are, like, you don't need to explain any of that we shit. We have at least a better understanding than when the original movies were coming exactly. out, where you had to like, start from scratch. You can tell you that there's some shitbag 70s cartoon that can do it in one movie, but you True. can't do it in whatever the fuck The Hobbit came out in one fucking film. Like, yeah. eat me. Yeah. So, that's unfortunate, but... So, I'm good. To, glad to hear that, you know, Mummy Returns is not perfect, but at least it's, like, still decent enough to, like, you know, maybe a Sunday afternoon viewing. Yeah, like, if it's on fucking... 
whatever, or, like, if you happen to see it, you're like, oh, let's do a double feature. Like, it's not horrific. It's not the worst of the sequels. But it's not mean, undoing the first one. It's not the third Austin Powers movie, but it's it's a roughie as far as, like, maintaining the beauty and, like, perfection that was the first one. Like, And, I mean, kudos to them for getting all the cast back. Like, Oh, you had to. Like, fuck you. Like, I mean, it didn't. For the third one, they were like, well, whatever. Because the third one should have been made. Yeah. Um, at that point, we have super duper jumped the shark. Like, yeah. the shark had already been jumped, and now, like, we're just putting a fucking jetpack on it. Like, stop it. Yeah. Um, so I don't blame anybody who didn't come back for the remaining movies, because fuck. And, yeah, like, ridiculous physical stunts that have no need. At one point, when Emotep and Rick are fighting... Rick's on the ground, and Emotep kicks him to a standing position. Like, mm-hmm. physically, you can't As kick you do. Without shattering ribs, you can't kick somebody that hard. Like, he kicks him, he, like, twirls, does a flip, and lands on his feet. Like, that poor man had to do so much dumb shit for this movie. Yeah. Like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, he tore something, and he mm-hmm. fucked something else and broke some ribs, probably in that kick. Yeah. Uh, and then The Rock almost, like, died of, uh, like heat stroke like he lost like 10 yeah. pounds in sweat and he was like it's the sickest i've ever been in my whole well, life because especially in the beginning when they're like going through his story all of it is just them fighting oh, the in desert. the desert yeah, yeah. and like they're that's when basically when the scorpion king dies is like they were just lost in the desert yeah. and everybody dies except for him and then that's when he's like hey anubis please help a bitch out but like can i tell you by the way desert. the closest that i got to like like i did in the first movie is when that happens when the Scorpion King's like, Anubis, if you help me out, then you're the man. Mm-hmm. And then Anubis is like, cool. And the Scorpion comes out of the sand. Oh, and yeah. he like eats the Scorpion. Oh, and it's yeah. like st- actively stinging him as he's eating it. And I'm like, oh, what are we doing? And, like, yeah, that's dumb too. Like, why right. would it sting the fuck out of you? Also, you why wouldn't it? you, if you're so masculine that you're like, I'm just going to grab this fucking Scorpion and I'm going to fucking eat it. Why wouldn't, you've got fucking hands the size of fucking baseball gloves. Yeah. Why would you not go, all right, motherfucker, grab body, slide down, hold the tail out. Don't just yeah. let it keep stinging you. What are yeah. you doing? And then, like, it's still got crabby hands, so, like, it it's could pinching come at your on face. The in- so, like, no. oh, tear its, like, arms off yeah. or something and then chomp on it yeah. like it's a riblet. Not, no. like, just honk its head no, off. No, just like, like with a lobster, you pull it out of the tank and you just bite it head first and let Basically, it it's snap the shit out of you. angry fucking lobster. Like, it's an angry it sand out. lobster and you're just down yeah. at it anyway. Figure it out. Like, yeah. Fuck. That's the scene that upsets me most of that film. It's him yeah. eating a CGI scorpion. I'm like, ah, ew, ah, ugh. Oh, and something else silly is when they're in, in the very beginning when they go to the temple that Evie had the dream about yeah, or whatever, and they find the, the scorpion the bracelet. The, thing. the room that leads to the box that has the bracelet is filled with scorpions and snakes and a spider at some point. But Evie and Rick can, like, cleverly navigate them because she's wearing cute explorer boots, which, again, impractical footwear, my dude. But, like, they're fine stepping through it well, the funny thing is, she steps around them, he very clearly crunches over them. Hilarious. Which they don't actually show, but you hear it, and you're like, oh, he's just stepping on these motherfuckers. But then one of the bad guys comes in, and, like, he ste- basically steps in there for half a millisecond, and they're already halfway up his legs. Like, how would they already be but? Sorry, I realized my cat's snoring. How would they already be butt-fucking him, but, like, right. Rick and Evie are totally Because they fine. knew. They were like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, they are like, oh, go after the bad guy. Oh, I did, like, did want to ask... A kind of technical question as we kind of wrap up here. Yeah. Um, in terms of set, how did this Oasis pyramid compare to our set from the first one? In terms of actual, like, being in crypts and pyramids and spooky um, things. 
I mean, like, you already pointed out the like, why are there so many stalactites inside a fucking pyramid? Yeah, which but, makes no sense because again, that's not how. And why is there so much built. fire? But so much fire, like I don't understand how fucking hot it would be in there because it's not like there's ventilation. No, anymore. it would like, be boiling in there for three thousand years. Yeah, it would like, be boiling in there. Yeah, like there's physically no way that you could breathe even with all the smoke. Right. But whatever. Um, I mean, it's fine. Like, there's a couple of scenes that are like, oh, all right, like we. Used curtains, like yeah, especially it's a soundstage, when we yeah. refilmed the scene about uh, the pharaoh realizing that Anoxinamon's like banging Emotep. Like, there's just sort of this big curtain in the back, and you're like, ah, oh, yes, the rest of the set was right. missing. The that curtain, day. Yeah. yeah, you're like, oh, okay, that's how we filmed this. Um, but I mean, most of it's fine. Like, the stuff in their house looks good because it's you know the house set. Um, most of the Egyptian stuff is fine. Like, some of the flashback stuff looks fine, but it's just like. Like, there's certain things where you're like, why Why did... We had an extra $18 million in the budget. Where did it go? Well, and the other thing is, like, the the ending big fight with the big scorpion and stuff yeah. like that. As soon as you have to... As soon as you introduce this monster, you introduce the understanding of, like, well, now this crypt has to be big enough that he can fit in. Exactly. So then it so becomes, a like, a chamber. football stadium yeah. of, cha- of a chamber, as opposed to the original one, where we had more... Comp- Compartmentalized, more claustrophobic. Which is, by the way, how they were fucking built. They're these right. giant pyramids with very thin like I think about in smaller rooms. I think about the scene when um, the the Watto guy, the scuzzy you know guy who's traveling with them in the first one, yeah. and he gets the scarab, but he's like, ah, yeah. and he runs down that hallway, and that hallway is so small. Like because he's like, they were. like he's like basically bumping into the walls as yeah. he's running. It's so cramped and claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we have the big set piece at the end where like Emotep's trying to do his you know thing or whatever yeah. to, to bring his girlfriend back. But like as soon as you introduce like and then the monster comes in the room, it's like well now we have to have room for the monster to yeah, move now around. It's gotta be a fucking and so I feel like that field. kind of deflates a little bit of the like scariness of it of just like totally we're yeah. in a warehouse now. Like okay, great and. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to rag on it too hard. Like I said, overall, it's still an enjoyable flick if you're not, like, and watching I, and, it. And I feel like that's an understandable, like, that you couldn't... I don't care how great the sets are built. You can't be like, no, we're not making it big. It's like, well, then how do we fit the fucking CG thing right. in there? So I get it. I'm not blaming them as, like, from the beginning, they were like, and they fight in a warehouse at the end. Yeah, no, I it's get it. It's, a, it's yeah. a thing that had to happen, but it certainly kind of takes away some of the, like, ooh... When, you know, like I said, when they're throwing the javelin and then it's double fake out. Yeah. And it's like, well, there's that much space that needs and you to happen. Just don't, and because it's so big, you don't get the details. So it looks worse. Right. Because in the first one, like, you can see the hieroglyphics on the right. walls. You can see the stones and, like, the cobwebs and all that exactly. stuff. And in this, it's like... It feels like this, being in a haunted house yeah. versus seeing a stage show. Exactly. Because now it's just this giant open space and all of these giant fire pits. And you're like, okay, I guess. Like... Well, and maybe that's part of it, too, is, like, they had to build, they are like, all right, well, this has got to be on a big set, and then they were like, wow, this looks really empty. Yeah. And CG's not going to fit it. I don't know. Just put fire things everywhere, and that'll be fine. That'll fill the space. Um, So that's disappointing. But I'm uh, glad that, overall, the film is not unwatchable. It's not, like, absolutely undoes the first one. It's okay. It's carrying on certain ideas that are okay. We're getting slight evolution of the characters. interestingly, just from, like, a weird, I know too much about this nerdy perspective, um, they do showcase in the beginning some of, like, their, like, the bad team's archaeology, like, exploits or whatever, and, like, how not careful they are about stuff. But it's incredibly accurate, because in the early 1900s, there was a huge boom of, like, archaeology bullshit happening Mm, in Egypt. Because you can make money. Exactly. So a lot of the sites got butt-fucked because of shit like that, of people just coming in and overflowing and just grabbing everything they could and, like, 
discarding anything else, whether it was important or not. Um, like, it, whether it was, like, historically important exactly, or not. Exactly, yeah. because now they're, they'll go through and find any, like, fractured bits of pottery and, like, try to either piece it back together or just include it as the stuff that was found at that site. Um, and, like, their scheduled dig times of the year, like, they've had to really police it. Um, but, like, just kind of seeing that in action, because it makes sense, like, time period-wise, but also in some of the sites that they go to, um, there's one of them, I forget what the fuck it's called, but, like, there's all these... Um, like, mini Sphinx statues leading up to, like, the building or whatever the temple it was. But in this archaeology show that I watched on Disney+, Plus, there's a team that's out there that's trying to piece them back together. Because a lot of them have been damaged over time, or, like, just through right. erosion and Yeah, because weather and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, getting butt-fucked. So, like, sort of re... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not recreating, but, like, just sort of fixing them up or trying to, like, make them look how they were. And there's one of them that's a... Um, a temple that has all these big ass like statues on it and so there was one where they one of them had fallen over so they like erected it where it should have been but like those places in the early 1900s before most of the damage was done like so you that's actually cool. see it and you're like oh hey cool like that's I know how it should have been yeah. yeah like that's what that would have looked like at the time or in the ancient flashbacks where you're like yeah absolutely it was before all of this got destroyed over time right over like thousands and thousands of years so that was cool excellent well I'm glad that the movie's not like a complete shit shit show it's just not as good as the original. Um, yeah. I mean, it had big shoes to fill. Right. Yeah, it had big wraps to fill, as it were. Yeah. Um, well, and the fact that, you know, like I said, literally the day that it debuted, before the numbers were even in, Universal was like, you're making a sequel, by the way. Right, which again, like, totally, like, it makes sense. The movie was great. The cast was great. The story was great. And, like, we just had to really... Tr- I think there was just too much going on. Like, mm-hmm. it's very convoluted. Even for somebody... Like, I was multitasking, obviously, so, like, I'm working on stuff while I'm watching it. But unless you were paying attention to, like, every word, there's, like, weird exposition stuff or, like, why would this make sense stuff that in dialogue that you could miss easily and then just right. be like, why are we here? Why are we doing this? Like, I, you shouldn't have to pay that much attention right. to, to get the nuance and specifics yeah. of the story in an action movie. Exactly. Like, and, like, I think you said it right at the beginning. I feel like this is definitely an issue of you've got one person at the helm mm-hmm. versus a team who's, like, challenging each other yeah, and figuring out, going, like, well, that doesn't work, or, well, what about this, and da-da-da, exactly. just to have one guy go, I, I, you, and now it's this, because we're doing I this said now. so, yeah. and you're like, oh, and he's directing it, so it's even more because I said so, and you're like, great, yeah. this doesn't make any fucking sense. You've got a tattoo now, okay, Rick, shut up. Yeah, and again, like, that it's some weird throwaway dialogue. Like, if it had been anywhere else that we couldn't have seen it in the first movie... True. ...that you go, oh, okay, well, he... Because then he could have passed it off, like, oh, I got it, I was drunk, whatever, and I woke up... I got it when I was in that prison... Right. ...about to get hung. But then, for him to have gotten it while he was with Evie, like, that's a weird... Although, I don't even know if that's true, because the kid takes off one of his, like, gauntlets. But I don't think he wore those throughout the whole first movie. Like, you would have seen it. I don't know. It's... I definitely think you would have seen it. The fact that I have to do this much thought and research on to see if he had the tattoo or not, or if it would have shown if he had the tattoo in the first movie, uh, this is already a bad call. Yeah. Similar to the uh, the living Anaxa Moon, who's just, like, vibing out in yeah. Cairo, and so I guess. what, she's been vibing the whole time, like, with these weird-ass memories knocking around, like, and how come she remembered everything and Evie only knew bits and pieces until kind of the end, like weird that there's no like i mean granted it's reincarnation there would be there's not exactly a timeline of when you no, but, remember uh, i don't know when but, the sun gets blocked out 10 years ago right. or when the fucking lepers and the zombie people chanting emotep your boyfriend's name like yeah not uh, is she living in london and like just like i don't know right 
Right. Like, there's no explanation as to how she remembered, how she got involved with this, how she hooked up with the music. How she got brought up to speed so quickly. Yeah. Yeah, Like, how she just magically remembered everything. And, like, again, that there was no, clearly no reference in the first one of, like, oh, I'm having weird deja vu. Even if there was a line like that thrown in, then you could go, all right, whatever. Right. Nothing. Like, there's no reason for reincarnation to come into the storyline. And come in so hard as, like, well, this is how we're carrying the fucking movie. And then it was everybody. Because even the Magi guys, like, oh, clearly it was fate. Like, I'm sorry, when did we bring that into this? Like, that's this fate. was just a fun, wacky adventure. Like, they're... No, that's fate. No, like, and the fact that it was like, no, literally everybody's reincarnated. Like, yeah, this the, is pushing it's, it. It's lore building in a weird direction. Yeah, and the fact that there's so many goddamn white people in ancient Egypt. A lot of white people. Because Emotep and Evie are very white. Little, like, very he's white. ethnic, like vaguely. Although he, he had to get his whole body shaved twice a day. To stay like that. Because apparently they tried waxing the first day and he went, mm, fuck this. Yeah, and so yeah. they had to shave his whole body down every day, twice a day. That's amazing. Good yeah. for him. So that he wouldn't um, get like five o'clock shadow like on his by elbows. The end of the yeah. Day. Yeah. But like. No! He's still predominantly like visibly. Fair skinned, yeah. Fair, yeah, fair skinned, even if he is from somewhere else. But I'm like, you couldn't have gotten a more ethnically diverse. No, The Rock is the most Egyptians. ethnic looking guy and he's right. Samoan. Like, he's not Egyptian yeah, either. Even Nefertiti looks. Asian, maybe yeah. like something like that, but like she's not Egyptian, so you're like, okay, yeah. this is very culturally diverse for ancient fucking Egypt. Yeah, but okay. So there you go. It's a giant okay. issue. We're gonna cancel the second movie. It's been canceled now. No. Uh, no. All mummies matter, and, uh, okay. and that's it. That's amazing. Emo tap. No. <laughs> Today. Hercules Mulligan. I'm ready to greet the day, you fucker. <laughs> Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. <laughs> it's that dirty-ass Meryl Street. We are. We're touching wieners. Not touching wieners professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six-pack, and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin.